I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash The sleigh bells are ringing. Ching, 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 It's the best time of the year. Guys, I know you're doing It's still November. Yeah, we, this is, feels weird. Feels weird to start doing Christmas podcasts this early. It's lovely weather for a Netflixmas podcast yeah, with you. But look, it is the most wonderful time of the year. It is Netflixmas 2020 this year split into two episodes because Ooh. we'll be damned if we're going to watch 10 Christmas movies <laughs> in two weeks. No, it's more we'll be damned if we try to talk about 10 Netflix yeah, yeah. Netflix Christmas movies in one episode. I do What's have up, to, Richard? I do have to... Um, to break something to you guys. Oh my god. Oh my god. There's eleven. <laughs> what? what happened? Um, there's a movie I've just found out about called Christmas Crossfire. Um, which no. is I will, mean, it sounds awesome. Will be next week. It's um uh here's the description of it. Um <laughs> if you wish Christmas movies were more like Die Hard instead of Love Actually, this might be the Netflix release for you. This German action comedy is about a regular man en route with his new lover to her hometown for Christmas who stumbles upon an attempted murder and ends up in the crosshairs of the crime when the killer's target escapes with him. If I know anything about Germans, uh, if they call it a German action comedy, it's just going to be a German action awkward movie. Like, <laughs> really? The, it's like... not going to be... German comedy is not. Let's just be- <laughs> the Germans aren't known for their yeah, comedy. Not so much. They are known for their Christmases, though. But I guess I let's. Um, I guess that'll be. Well, there'll be six next week. Um, well, what- do we really think that Dolly Parton's Christmas concert is a movie? Take no no exceptions if it comes out on Netflix <laughs> on, at Christmas time. We did we did Klaus last year, which is like a you know a timeless masterpiece alongside Holiday fucking party or <laughs> i think I, I think um uh the dolly Parton christmas one you're talking about it's not like a concert it's like a variety show kind of thing it's like it's a special like a very murray christmas remember that no um but let's 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 talk about um these b- before we you know get ahead of ourselves like we are now mm. um let's just talk about the 10 films and then we're covering five of them today and we'll do well sorry the 11 films we're doing five of them today and then uh, we'll do this the other six uh in two weeks time and but before we do that, um, if our Instagram notifications are anything to go by, I think a lot of people discover the podcast through our Netflix Netflixmas episodes. So uh, if this is your first episode of Cold Popsha, hi, I'm AJ. Oh, I'm Richard. And I'm Jeremy. I'm not always here. I, I just come <laughs> for terrible, tacky, cheesy movies yes. and to bitch and also enjoy. Mm. Because every year since 2017, which we actually didn't cover, we didn't start covering them until 2018, Netflix started commissioning Christmas <laughs> movies. Basically, they came for Hallmark's gig. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. And they didn't, it's not a brand and it's not correlated anywhere. It's not a franchise. It's Absolutely done, not a franchise. Not a Be franchise. very clear. There are franchises <laughs> contained within it, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they do They do this every year. And uh, <laughs> they're, they're mostly very... Um, Bad. Yeah, well, they're movies <laughs> that I don't like. <laughs> With the exception such as Klaus or Let It Snow last year, which I really liked as well. Um, but they, they try and hit demographics all over. They, they release like... Correct, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. they used to release four, then they released six, and now they're apparently releasing 11. Plus, but yeah, plus there's a bunch they, of TV shows this year as well, but we are not touching yeah, yeah. those. 
Yeah, yeah. So they're really just trying to hit like every demographic with like, here's something for you to watch this Christmas. And we try to become every demographic because we watch every one of them for some reason. (laughs) A Christmas TV show feels so fleeting to me. When are you going to, you got what, Christmas season to watch an entire TV show? Yeah. Bad idea. I know, you got Christmas anyway. season to watch 11 fucking movies. Um, yeah, well, I don't have time to watch the TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, okay, so here are the 10 movies. Um, so this is just in, in release order. You've got Holidate, um, mm. then um, Operation Christmas Drop, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, The Princess Switch, Switched Again, uh, as sequel yeah. to 2018's The Princess Switch, uh, Alien Xmas, which is a short film, uh, 45 minutes long, um, those are the five we're going to be covering today, but just for context, um, here's next uh, next time six. Uh, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, The Christmas Chronicles <laughs> Part 2, Dance Dreams, Hot Chocolate Nutcracker, uh, Angela's... <laughs> what? Are those two different films or one film? Uh, that's one film, Dance Dreams, Semicolon, Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. It's a documentary yeah. about a performance of the Nutcracker. Um, uh, I was just hoping it was some kind of like step step up knockoff with right. like a Channing Tatum knockoff. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's um, it follows the lead up to renowned choreographer slash dancer Debbie Allen and her troupe of young dancers annual production of the Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. Um, then there's Angel's a Christmas, Christmas documentary. Yeah. It's just called the Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, Sorry, Richard. Angel's Continue. Christmas Wish, Wish, which is another um, animated short like Alien Xmas, just another Christmas and Christmas Crossfire, which we just discovered all existed. All right. I- I actually need you to, every time we say Christmas Crossfire, I need you to pronounce it Christmas Crossfire. <laughs> so so last year, we talked about these films in order of what we thought was worst to best. Yeah, do we um, want to try that again? Well, I, it's not as clear cut this year. Last no. year, there was a an absolute best and a hell yeah. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know? So, so, so yeah, you've mentioned it a couple of times, but last year, um, and amongst the... Um, God, I, I cannot remember any other films. There's oh, the, the night, night before the Christmas. Night before that Christmas. was a good one. We though. had the, we had the third pr- Christmas Prince movie yeah, as that's well. Right. Um, and amongst the those, um, we were given uh, "Let It Snow," which was a, a reasonably nice, like love actually style kind of. Um, it was more. I would say it's more of like a John um, John Hughes John Hughes yeah. kind of style. Yeah, but yeah, it's like a converging storylines movie. I mean, um, see yeah. Christmas yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, true. Um, and but it was it was a very kind of like it was around the Zuma generation. Um, and we were like, "Fuck, all right, these, these, this they might actually have a good one this year." But we were also treated to Klaus, uh, which is an animated film. If you haven't seen it, pause this podcast. Uh, what are you doing mm. with your life? Go watch Klaus. It's it is the greatest Christmas film ever made. Make a mug of hot cocoa. Um, <laughs> is that a quote from Klaus? I only saw it once. No, I'm just I'm just saying, make yourself a mug oh, of hot right. cocoa and watch Klaus. That was an imperative for the listener. That's right. That's right. I understand. Um, but yeah, yeah. so. I don't know, do we want to try? Because that was one of the fun things last year was going like, all right, and now time to talk about the worst one. Uh, <laughs> I actually then, haven't made up my mind for what 2020's worst I one definitely is. have a worst one. Okay, shall In we terms start of the, the one that I, ver- I, I, I struggled the most to mm. get through. Yeah. I do have one of them. I think yes. it's, oh, it's the same one for all of us. So let's start with uh, okay. the worst film of this first half, which is... Operation, Operation Christmas, Christmas Drop. Drop. Yeah, it is Operation Christmas Drop. <laughs> so yeah, okay. bad. So Operation Christmas Drop. Um, I would love to tell you guys what it's about <laughs> and, and and remind the audience. I found it. It's about a such a. It's like about bureaucracy. Yeah. Okay. And so, so I found it very boring and therefore cannot remember what it's about. Okay. The worst part about this is that it's actually about something real mm. because it's essentially military propaganda. Yeah. So was, <laughs> I saw. I saw an article. So at the at the end, you find out that this is about a very real thing, which yeah. is essentially Operation Christmas Drop, which is this uh, this atoll or like this group of islands in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and uh, the Americans have had an army base on there since the since the Second World War, and so they basically it's it's kind of a, a strategic place for the US military to kind of like keep control over mm-hmm. a certain amount of the Pacific Islands. They don't islands. go into this into the movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's like, how do we make sure that we can, they call it, they call it a non-floating aircraft carrier. Right. Like it's an island that where they just keep all of their war planes yeah. um, so that they can kind of like bomb anywhere that you know anyway but essentially they do this thing called operation christmas drop which is where they do humanitarian aid relief um every single year where they go around all of these outlying islands that have pretty much nothing and they drop like generators and 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 all this sort of stuff at at christmas time to bring christmas to people and 
I mean, genuinely, I'm sure that it's actually a wonderful thing and it started with mm. really good intentions to do this Christmas drop. Um, it's just, just strikes me as very... Ugh. Now's the time to do a pro-American A pro-American military <laughs> Christmas movie. Yeah. So essentially at the beginning of the movie, you've got this like young woman who is working in a congressman's office. And the idea is that the congresswoman um, is represents a, a district that has a, an airbase in the mm. district in America. And basically the budget cuts are coming and she's in charge of cutting a couple of air bases. This is so boring. Yeah, yeah. This it's is so such boring. A boring. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and essentially, her air base is up for cutting and she basically knows that heaps of jobs will be lost in her district and she'd probably lose re-election. Mm. So she has to try and find another air base that is less efficient than her, than the one in her district. And so she sets her young staffer, who's like the main protagonist of the film, um, to go to this this island um, because they've heard about this Operation Christmas Drop and they're like, hey, what is the US military using hey, taxpayer wait money a minute. That's all to do charitable <laughs> good stuff for people who aren't even Americans? Yeah. And so she goes there to find- One uh, day. One day they'll be Americans. <laughs> 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 they won't be able to vote though. Um, <laughs> and so she she goes to the island. She meets this very like blandly handsome man who is in charge of basically- he, he looks like built- someone tried to draw Josh Hutchison from memory. Oh, but like stretched him so he was I've taller. i a fun one. He looks like um, a Build-A-Bear workshop, but for hot leads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. And so he's like- unbelievably kind and you know just oozing charitable goodwill and he's Mm -hmm. also super hot and like has no personality other than I like bringing Christmas to Mm. people and has a good answer for everything that this young woman is asking him for everything is donated and like essentially he's she's trying to catch him out he's trying to hide why is he trying to hide what they're doing when actually it's totally above board? Because he was taking a photo of him with wearing a Santa hat, which is unmilitary. Yeah. Maybe something like that. No, but that. like when she arrives on the island, he's constantly lying to her to be like, oh no, don't go down to that beach. You know, know. Like they're, they're just doing military exercises and actually these military people are setting up a party to raise money. That's like, all fundraising they do, thing. Jeremy. That's all the military actually do is just set up fun parties for... On tropical mm. islands. <laughs> so that's why you should join. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I love most about Operation Christmas Drop, is, and, and that's what it's called in real life. The real life story it's based on is called Operation Christmas There is Christmas so Drop. little imagination in this movie. <laughs> but the best thing <laughs> is, is that calling it Operation Christmas Drop is a reference to other things that America drops. like it's acknowledging exactly it's acknowledging other drops it feels like you don't want to do that when you're doing a Christmassy you know good good faith thing but I I figured it's just 100% a reference to Operation Dumbo Drop the 1995 film starring Danny Glover and Ray Liotta did they drop elephants on underprivileged countries um along those lines yeah (laughs) They dropped. Uh, they dropped elephants. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now we're just dropping radiators. Maybe just like a, a single elephant. cartoon. The, the thing about this movie, it took me four goes to get all the way through mm, it because mm, it took me. Three. I kept on going. Surely, surely we are getting towards the end, and I realized we weren't even past the first third. <laughs> because the thing is that as soon like they set the movie up, and you know exactly what is going to happen. Yeah. You can tell. Like I, I watched the first two minutes of the movie, and I was just like, okay, cool pause i can tell you exactly how this is going to go and then the next hour and a half was just interminably long of like just essentially everyone it's like when you go to a children's like play and there's no plot but it's stretched out over an hour and you're just like get the children to finish the play like (laughs) i know what's going to happen please make it stop (laughs) and that is what this movie was like um I where's it? It's set in is it Guyana that it's set in? I don't know. Somewhere like that. Someone from there did a think piece on it this past week. Oh, really? And they, they among talking about how this is American propaganda. Yeah. Um. They also said that the greeting they say in the film, which I thought they were saying "Have a day." Yeah. Um. It's I think it's in the native language, and they pronounce it wrong in the movie. Oh, great! <laughs> like nonstop. Well, because why wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> Um, so that was kind of it's white saviorism like oh, to yeah. the max but then it's also based on yeah. a true story so it's very like I don't know but I mean I guess so something that's how like they get hidden, away with it yeah I <laughs> right? guess something like hidden figures is as well and, and green book mm. and those are 
very white saviory kind mm. of stories. But but the idea, the thing behind this is like, I just when she goes, when she, when he like takes her on that helicopter trip to the island, and she goes there and like sees these like poor brown children and like is overwhelmed by like how much they need and she like empties her purse she empties <laughs> the contents of her purse and she's like here you can use my makeup and like <laughs> I was like why do these girls want your makeup like yeah. just no like, and then she's just like here take my leather purse mm. like you know i just and and she's just like it's just littering just just littering <laughs> on a beach <laughs> and, and then she's like Oh, I just feel like I've I've done something good. Like it's all about how it makes mm. her feel. Yeah. About but, you know, like yeah. oh, now I feel like I've done something. Really. It's just it just it strikes the wrong tone the, all the, the way through, and you just don't feel Christmassy at all about anything. Yeah, the the romance plot through it is just like is very very generic. It's um the the woman who's all business 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 who just needs to meet a laid back chilled island dude, and then she learns to stop. Um, and then and then at the end of the film her boss shows up and is like you know you shouldn't be doing this but hey wait a minute i think this operation christmas drop is a pretty good idea um and then everyone everyone cheers um mm. and somehow she manages to get his family onto the island for free it's christmas dude and like yeah, it's a oh. christmas miracle jeremy god have a little and she's faith. like oh I, I called in a favor because a friend of mine is a reporter who was coming over to the island to do the story i'm like no the media has no money they're not paying for a journalist mm. to fly to the oh just yeah. yeah uh all right so what do you guys think this has on rotten tomatoes i didn't even think of that i is it on rotten tomatoes it yes, shouldn't it be it is um let's go 44 oh no 32 you're quite 32. Uh, aj you're quite close it's, it's 50 oh, damn it. Um, what yeah and do you know what it's actually not the lowest one we're talking about today uh but american critics <clears throat> so any like i think that that this is a film it'll have 50 if something is 50 what that's communicating to you as a, as like someone reading data is that it's it's not that it's bad it's that it's divisive that's what 50% often means, right? Because it means 50% of critics rated it highly. 50% didn't. Um, so I reckon there are enough critics in the world that were um, seduced by the perceived sweetness of the story and was like, it's a good, fun Christmas movie. Well, about it's a true old- story, didn't you know? Mm. It's not a true story. Well, I think- it's a, it's a, it's based on a true operation, and there's a guy in it that happens to be a real guy. And that was the nice main that characters he was in aren't. It. That was nice that he was in it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to the next one? Um. Please. So, the second worst film we're talking about. Oh. Oh. This is uh, this is I think where it's going to get interesting because I feel like we might all have different answers. Yeah. Hold yeah, on. I, what I what other movies that are left? We've got Princess Switch Two. Holiday, Jingle Jangle, and Alien Xmas. Oh, I've got three that it could be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's on the count of three. Let's say the second worst one we think. Okay, okay, three, two, one. Jingle the Jangle switched, switched again. Hey! <laughs> Well, you were the same. What did you say, Jeremy? I said Jingle Jangle, <laughs> and Richard said, "Yeah, I, I agree. It's Princess Switch Two switched again." Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Um, All right, let's talk about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Princess Switch switched again as a sequel to The Princess Switch, um, which is apparently, and then last year there was The Night Before Christmas as well. Uh, it's this uh, series of movies that Netflix is inevitably is, is um, somehow doing, uh, starring Vanessa Hudgens um, in kind of these fantastical scenarios. So uh, mm. where did we last leave um, our heroes in The Princess Switch? Um our kind of for, for what seems like it would be such a simple plot, I actually can't remember what the Princess Switch one was really about. Okay, like- so the Princess Switch one started out. There was kind of sexual tension between, let's say, American Vanessa Hudgens and yeah. the Baker Boy, Stacy. Right? They were exes, Stacy and Baker Boy. Yeah, no, Stacey let, let, and let's Baker not Boy. get too complicated. It's American Vanessa Hudgens. Okay, okay, yeah, no, Miss, no, American you're Vanessa right, Hudgens. You're right. So, so American Vanessa and they they were exes, and nothing's ever going to happen with them again. But they're really good friends, and they're going to mo- what's the name of the country? Moldova, Moldova, Mold- no. Yeah, Moldova. Let's say Moldova. It's not Moldova. <laughs> it's not because Moldova is a real country, <laughs> and Aldovia is the one from Montenaro. 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 <laughs> no, that's where she's from. 
No, what well, Belgravia? Where she goes. It's Belgravia. 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 So, I didn't realize that was a fictional place. Yeah, yeah. Well, Belgravia <laughs> is actually a suburb in London. But anyway, right. okay. n- more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so they, there's a there's a world baking competition in Belgravia. So the two of them decide to go over. Um, she discovers that the Duchess of Montanaro, who is we're just going to say Montanaran Vanessa Hudgens, mm-hmm. uh, looks well, just exactly the same. Vanessa Hudgens. They, they run She's a- English. She's got an English accent. Yeah, English, English. Vanessa Hudgens. Thank you. Um, so she is about to marry the Prince of Belgravia, who is good-looking Sam Palladino from so Sam Palladio from Nashville. Um, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> they um, they they're, they're meant to get married. Um, mm-hmm. English Vanessa Hudgens and him, and then she's ju- English Vanessa Hudgens is judging the baking competition. They the two of the two Vanessa Hudgens bump into each other, and Mon- uh, English Vanessa Hudgens starts talking to her about how she's like oh you know i, I don't really like this and I, I want to just i just want to experience what freedom's like for a bit mm-hmm. and i don't want to have to deal with this and so she's like well why don't we switch places and so they do and then a princess in the pauper prince yeah, in the pauper american thing. vanessa hudgens falls in love with um sam palladio the prince and ends up marrying him at the end and uh english vanessa hudgens is like oh that's so great and she ends up kind of falling in love with baker boy i think we can stop there that you know that, that's <laughs> yeah. and then that's that's where that's where it all is okay, and then yes. so that's where we've left and then basically Basically, in the interim period, we find out that um, uh, English Vanessa Hudgens and Baker Boy have broken up mm-hmm. because she's about to become the queen of Montanaro, yeah. and he kind of just can't deal with that, doesn't want that queen life. This is all told to you in a previously on section with American Vanessa Hudgens going, you might remember me. Oh, you probably and it's like, remember. oh, baby V, I'm she's- sorry, I don't remember you. Well, and also, the, it's the worst thing ever because it's exactly the same way that the Christmas Prince movie started. Right. She's basically blogging to her blog oh, audience, right. being like, you may remember that. And it's just like, how are you just going to start this movie exactly the same way, talking to some weird blog audience, but yeah. there's not even a blog? Yeah. Um, so this one is is essentially they visiting each other again, um, and the British one doesn't want to become the queen, and the... No, no, no. She doesn't not want no, to become the queen. No, she doesn't not want to become. She, she they're trying no, no. to set her back up with her ex, yeah. which is a very inappropriate thing to so, do. I so, think when you so, don't have enough information about one prince and princess. So um, American Vanessa Hudgens is now the princess of Belgravia, so, and so, so they're both princess, they're prince, both royalty princess now. and prince, or now king and queen actually, because yeah. he's become the king of Belgravia. They are visiting because she's uh, because Montanaro woman is about to become the queen of Montanaro, so they're there for the coronation. God, they decide to bring over Baker Boy because yeah. American Vanessa Hudgens is like you guys need to make it happen again which is not her call which frankly. is not her call at all and 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 also his daughter is basically convincing him that he needs to get yeah. to get, get back together with this which is super on the verge between precocious and just being a little asshole I've, if i was baker boy in these movies i'd be like this is actually none of your fucking business <laughs> like we have our reasons and you guys actually don't know what you're talking about yeah um anyway the thing about this one is there's a third vanessa hudgens Thank even you. more yeah. british <laughs> even more british vanessa hudgens like slaggy british yeah yeah slaggy british vanessa hudgens Who's, who's the cousin of normal British Vanessa Hudgens. Because you know how cousins always look exactly the same. Yeah, I they're d- identical cousins. T- to be honest, my brother and my cousin look like it tw- they could be twins. Don't ruin it. Okay, right, fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, like, I, as, as, as kind of, it sounds like I'm criticizing the movie for having such a lazy plot trope. It's the only thing I want to see out of a sequel to The Princess. 100%. Oh, we talked about it. third Vanessa Hudgens. Um, and... So she's like the villain and there's a three-way switch, accidental switch that happens where everyone's playing each other. I'm actually not going to go into details. I actually refuse to. <laughs> <laughs> I actually refuse to go into the specifics of what happens. But what I will say is this. The evil Vanessa Hudgens was the best part of the movie. Yeah, 100%. No, well, no, no. Yeah. Actually, no. I, I agree. Oh. She's she's the best Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, I, okay. I, do, I do have a best part of the film. Um which I'm infuriated by um what's his face? Jeremy at. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I ruined the what's movie for Richard. Face? We're um, forgetting everyone's so th- There is like at, at the wedding at the end, uh, we do see um the chick and the guy from a Christmas Prince, a movie I have not seen. I've seen its two sequels. Um there at the wedding. <laughs> and I was like I, I, you know, I was, I thought I'm not even going to recognize them if they show up. Um, but Jeremy was like, oh, you know, told us essentially that they're in there. Mm. I told, I told you that they appear in the movie at some point. And it was like, literally, I, I, I slaved through this fucking movie. And then, and then at the end, it was like this, this one thing that would have been like, 
just just the, you know the light bulb of recognition going off not even like <laughs> excitement in any way but just feeling something and jeremy fucking stole that from me the light bulb of recognition so this whole movie it's just a, an orange out of order sign <laughs> <in your point. laughs> like richard richard uh, richard what i'm hearing from you is that you are feeling something so yeah. if the goal was to feel something i delivered that to you what would you prefer richard boredom or anger it's up uh, to you dude well no i like i could have felt excitement but jeremy stole it from me <laughs> all right i want to talk about evil vanessa hudgens because she she talks like this darling and she's she's got these two cronies who i thought were pretty funny as well um and at the movie the movie it's like We've talked to, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> I can't confirm, I'm pretty sure on previous discussions of Vanessa Hudgens' Christmas movies, we have lamented that, like, what a not that great actress to give a Christmas <laughs> yeah, yeah, deal, yeah. like, contract to. Yeah. And, and, like, especially the Christmas switch, Princess Switch, where she's playing two different characters. Yeah. What a gamble. This is what it's for, man. It's like she's playing a Disney villain. I know it's not literally a Disney villain, yeah. but she's playing Scar. She's well, no, playing no, no, no. female. She was pretty much when Ursula the Sea Witch turns into a woman. Yeah. That's who she was playing. And I think she likes to play that character more than audience surrogate normal American Vanessa Hudgens. 100%. And and almost as I was watching it, I was like, there's a part of me that wonders if Vanessa Hudgens was like, if you're going to get me back to do another bloody Princess Switch movie you have to give me something more fun to play. Mm. Because every time she was playing that version of herself, you could tell she was just having a ball of time. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a lot of fun. And if anything, it um it fell away when she switched and had to pretend she was a different Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Which as you know, and and not that amazing of an actress as Vanessa Hudgens is, she does a good job of playing a British character playing an American character and a British character playing another British character. I can distinguish yeah. all three characters and the three characters playing, playing each other. Playing each other. Yeah, I yeah. Think. yeah. Yeah. Um, I do hope that if we continue to get Princess Switch movies, I would like the amount of Vanessa Hudgens to uh, multiply uh, Exponenti- exponentially yeah, yeah. so that we can have more than four next time. Give me give me tangent Vanessa Hudgens <laughs> in the next one. Um, well, um, good news is that we are getting another Princess Switch sequel next year. Imagine if it's called... So this one was called The Princess Switch Switched Again. Imagine if the next one's called The Pr- Princess Switch Switched Again with an exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to be Switcheroo. Oh. Princess Switcheroo. What, nice, the, ne- the next one nice. only has one prince and one Vanessa Hudgens in it? Wow, that's subversion. Oh. Yeah, yeah like the other two died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one died you don't find? Do you know there's a um a new Ninja Turtles comic where there's only one of them and it, it it's black and white and it doesn't tell you which Ninja Turtle survived? So it's no longer the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. But I don't they have so, like yeah. different weapons and shit and look slightly different? Yeah, I, apparently it tells you at the end of the first issue, but the, right. the whole promotional uh journey i don't like, know how we got onto tmnt but it's just imagine if well, they were it was like clear, three, it's pretty two clear three how prints. we did jeremy is that it was talking about <laughs> the other characters dying and then one being left which obviously Great. turned on the light bulb Great. of recognition in aj's head <laughs> oh um, my god i don't I can talk about this um uh yeah so princess switch three they're all dead except one um, <laughs> and the little girl killed them the little girl killed them and you don't find out like the promotional um tour is like which one's still alive yeah so there's a couple of things i want to talk about with this movie the first one is the the, the thing i enjoyed the most about the movie was the production value okay like it was beautiful and after watching a christmas prince three last year yeah which had it was like ten dollars was spent on that movie, and I was like, genuinely, it's a $10 movie. <laughs> genuinely, I felt so bad for um, Rose McGowan, Rose McIver, I felt so bad for Rose McIver, wonderful Kiwi person, Rose McIver. You know, Netflix did her dirty man because it's like she does, you know, multiple, um, and, and essentially, Christmas Prince is kind of like the 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 road test well, yeah, of the Netflix concept. Did you just not like concept, hair or right? something like that? I remember that being a big complaint you had. <laughs> no, exactly. Like the the people who did her hair were they did a terrible job last year. Anyway, mm. no, no, but like even the the there were there were no people in the castle. <laughs> there were there were no like all the decorations were super tacky. Like they just had no locations in this movie. There are sumptuous sets. Like it is just like oozing with money and production value and it's just it actually felt like you were in a royal palace at christmas time and i was like 
this is cool. I And so you guys were kind of, I guess, shitting on this movie a little bit, but I just enjoyed being in the world a bit. And, and it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Like the, wrong, the Vanessa but- Hudgens verse is a, <laughs> it, like, it's, it's the one I'm excited for every year now. They're terrible and I do not enjoy watching them, but they're the ones that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what she's up to. Um, well, the really, the really scary thing about this is that the l- last year we got Vanessa Hudgens in The Night Before Christmas. And in The Night Before Christmas, at the end, there was an intimation that The Night Before Christmas universe is joined to a Christmas Prince universe. They mention Aldovia. Yeah, they mention Aldovia, which means that Vanessa Hudgens exists as Correct. The, her oh character in God, Night Before that's, Christmas. That's, that's the next film. Yeah, that's the fourth. Holy that's shit! The fourth that's the fourth Vanessa Hudgens. Um, apparently, is it that, in one of them... In the Christmas Prince, wait, the Princess Switch. It's not even the same words. Uh, In the Princess Switch, they're watching a Christmas Prince on Netflix, right? Yeah, there's something like that. Implies that that's actually a documentary in the Christmas. No, 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 no. no. It was was night before Christmas they were watching. No, 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 no. Okay, I'll lay out the timeline. In <laughs> The Princess Switch 1, yeah. they are watching The Christmas Prince on Netflix. Yeah. And the night before Christmas, they mention Aldovia. Oh, and they and they watched Holiday in the Wild. Did they? Yeah, that's yeah they watched they Hol- Holiday in the Wild. And also, yeah. so this really confused me because um, the girl from Operation Christmas Drop, mm-hmm. she was also the lead in Holiday Calendar, which was a few right. years ago. Yeah, 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 and yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. looking at her and then I realized that she had a credit in um in IMDb she had a credit for Night Before Christmas and I was like holy crap she's in both movies like and then I realized that she's just got a credit because they watch Holiday Calendar right. in that movie and I was just like oh okay well that's less exciting okay and then in the Princess Switch two they see the prince and print well the Queen and King from I've had Aldovia from the Christmas Prince which either means that when she was watching the Christmas Prince in the first film that it was a documentary or it means that the prince and princess weren't at her coronation but it was actually Rose McIver and the guy that plays the prince were at the coronation. (laughs) And they just got together from the filming and loved their costumes so much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Very cool. So, that's that film. uh, One one more thing. thing. Of course he does. So... (laughs) The thing that just keeps going in these Netflix movies is the idea that royalty are deeply involved in the democratic processes oh, of their yeah, countries. Fuck that, man. Like in the princess in the prin- in the Christmas Prince 3 at the beginning like he's like passing this law to get rid of poverty in his country like in front of the parliament and I'm like wait a minute separation of like monarch and yeah. and representative people and then at the beginning of this Sam Palladio's character is just like oh yeah I've just I was just at parliament and I'm like you're not an elected representative you don't get to be in parliament dude it's two two Christmas movies in a row we've talked about that I like fundamentally ideologically disagree with <laughs> it's just like it's like the, the, the fabric of your Democracy is falling apart. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, and what do we think this has on Rotten Tomatoes as well, just before we move on? Definitely more than 50. I'm going to say 60. No, 57. I'm going to go 66. Oh, 67. Man, I'm not doing well. I'm doing all right. I mean, I, I very rarely, I get to do this once a year. So yeah, I'm well uh, no wonder um, I'm out of practice. All right. Now let's move on to the next worst one. And I could tell we're going to disagree here. Um, a count of three. One, two, three. Alien Jangle. Okay, cool. We had a genuine <laughs> crossroads here. Very fun. All right. What one do you guys, what, what should we talk about? This is should a- we talk about Jingle Jangle? I'm happy to talk about because I've Jangle. already no- I've already nominated Jingle Jangle as right. My- that's actually lower yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I mean, genuinely, like three of them are around the same side. So yeah, know, right? no, there's, there's less of a hierarchy this year. Yeah, okay. I think. All right. Jingle so Jangle. Jingle Jangle is a um, it could best be described as Hamilton meets Mister Megorium's Wonder Emporium meets The Greatest Showman meets Small Soldiers. <laughs> Um, uh, meets Welcome to Marwin right Welcome to Marwin's in there as well it looks like a a um, fucked up pancake of 
a bunch of different movies that have come out in the last three or four years. All of them far more successful. Um, and now okay. it's Christmassy as well. So it's a musical. It's about uh, an inventor whose apprentice runs away with his, his greatest creation and, and his book of, of secrets. Um, and then essentially surpasses his business. And um, then we skip forward years later and um, the, the inventor is, um, is now, you know, poor down as like an he's got to invent one thing before christmas or he's going to be cast out of his of his shop and all his positions by hugh bonneville in like one of the most thankless cameo roles ever (laughs) uh and then um yes i mean so the forest whitaker plays jeronicus jangle the main character and then the apprentice now grown up is keegan michael key um and then his uh Forrest Whitaker's Geronimus Jangle, his uh, granddaughter comes to visit and she sort of reignites his love for creating things. Um, and you know what? I fucking loved this film. It's the second best no, film we've listen- covered no, on this no, entire no, 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 listen to me. I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I can tolerate it maybe being the best Christmas Netflix movie of 2020. Yeah. But Richard, it's not a good movie. Um, I, I, I thought it was quite good. I enjoyed it more than the <laughs> Christmas Chronicles, which would currently be second to Klaus. Of like, I oh thought, my I thought gosh. this was I thought this was real boring. I'm on record as not liking the Christmas Chronicles, and the Christmas Chronicles is way better than this movie. <laughs> no, nah, uh, this I, film I, this one was fucking great. I I thought the music was great. <laughs> I loved the storyline. Trolling us? Honestly, nah, I fucking I, love this. I and you know what? Guess what it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Guess what it fucking has on Rotten Tomatoes? Ninety three percent certified. Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm sure it does. <sighs> yeah, this film this film fucking rocked. It was great. I thought it was boring. I thought it was um, unmotivated. Lots it of weird stuff happened. It didn't need it. to be a musical. That was none beautiful. Of the, none the of, none of the songs actually moved the story forward more than just a scene with, with a, a small amount of uh, of dialogue would have. Yeah, catchy though. And, liked them. Liked all and, the songs. And t- tell you what, listeners. Sing me one of them right now. The G-Man. Can't spell yeah, magic sing it a- to me. I don't want to sing, Jeremy. <laughs> well, if, if you can't sing it, that that tells me it's not very. I'm catchy. not saying I can't sing it, Jeremy. I think that um, I'm refusing to sing it. <laughs> at the start, um, he reveals his greatest invention is a a Don Juan puppet played by Ricky Martin. Yeah. Um, and he then says, "I'm going to make millions of these, um, and every children will want, every child will want one." Now, first of all. Let's ignore the implications that every child wants a Don Juan doll who's like, as far as I know, like a sex pest or something. That's what he's famous for being. Um, but also the, the the doll himself responds to this being like, oh, but I'm I'm one of a kind. I am one of a kind. I'm the only one. Um, and is turned evil out of a defense. Like and also he, turned evil in like a second. Yeah, because like he had bad character. <laughs> because he doesn't want to be cloned and not be unique anymore. And that's the movie doesn't acknowledge that in the way I'm acknowledging. Yeah, the that, movie like, goes, he, yeah, he's the bad guy. He, and also that he's supposed to, that Jeronicus Jangle is supposed to be this amazing inventor, and his greatest idea ever turns out to be an awful idea. It's I was slave like, labor. Well, but also uh, slave labor, but also like a fully. It's basically AI, right? Yeah. It's it's AI that could literally take over the world. You know, I like would say Don that Juan- the, the the Don Juan doll is not the like he's not just like yeah I'm evil now. He acts as the devil on the shoulder to Gustafson or whatever his name is. Gustafson. Gustafson. Who um, who should have left? He was underappreciated. Yeah, but he and was about he's to like, give I got, him I, the present. I got you this present, and I was about to give you this present before you left and turned evil. It's like, that's not his fault. You should have given him the present. Well, he shouldn't have turned evil. Have. People shouldn't turn evil. But um, <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. And I'll tell you right now, I'm about to turn evil. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't think it was like, oh, this this is evil. It's like he he saw a chance to manipulate his way out of a situation. And he took it. By stealing IP that didn't belong to him. No, I mean, I mean the Don Juan doll. Well, he was just defending himself, man. What was he to do? And I'm saying the movie doesn't acknowledge that. The movie, the the resolve to the Ricky Martin doll is that in the end, um, Jeronicus Jangle gets him and just switches him off. And he's like, well, there you go. No, he reprograms him. 
Well, he doesn't need to be reprogrammed. That's deeply troubling. But, that but the solution is but to also, be reprogrammed. But also, the idea of reprogramming something that is exists that exists in a time where there is no computer chips. There's only like cogs and wheels. Like, where is the processing the power program? coming from? Did you guys not learn fucking anything from Jingle Jangle? It's about the power of belief. There's a magical That's fucking oh robot that was, that that was the worst. That was the that was great. absolute was a great effing worst. When Buddy's just like, I only turn on when people believe in me. Yeah, Look, I can it, it taught the- us all something about ourselves. I actually agree with Richard. I can get behind. If we're going cheesy Christmas schlock, it's like, fine, let's do it. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Oh, um, I love the set design of the Princess Switch too. <laughs> but no, a robot powered by belief is too much for me. Listen to how you the- sound, Jeremy. <laughs> I, genuinely <laughs> enjoying good production values, I think is- Okay, but this did have good production values. This did have really good production values. So there is a lot to praise about this movie. Yeah, I'm just like saying the entire thing. What's right? what's wrong with it really just stinks so like yeah. all of the choreography the the oh, film the, like the cinema the cinematography of the choreography and like all the musical numbers like the actual production of the musical numbers is incredible yeah. like all the dancing amazing all the talent involved so good the voices and normally i am the you know the first person to be like oh man they never hire people who can actually sing to do musicals Oh my goodness! The voices just to listen to. Yeah, because his grown-up daughter who doesn't show up until the end is the voice of uh, Tiana in um, Princess and the Frog. No, oh, no, nice. right? Yeah, yeah, and she's she's amazing. And she, I was yeah. just like, give her more songs. She's so good. That's the that's the best scene in the movie. Is that make it work scene where her and her father kind of reconnect? I just I just wish there was more lyrics to that song rather than just make it work repeated 50,000 fucking times it was just like john legend wrote this song could you not have given us right. some more lyrics look i um i was i actually went to and to to boister up my own opinion here is that a word bolster bolster um I actually went into this expecting it to be my favorite one. Yeah. Like I was like a Hamilton knockoff, I'll take it. Yeah. A Hamilton's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. A knockoff is probably still pretty good and I just oh my god, I couldn't handle it after a little while and I was just wanting it to end. I thought that it's one of those movies where um, the narrative device is an old lady telling her grandkids the story, <laughs> and then at the end, it's revealed that the old lady was the character in the story. It's, and it's been like, eighty-four years. And I'm like, I get it. Oh my god! It's, yeah, I thought it, that was such it, a great twist. My George, it's fuck you. It was not a twist. It was very easy to see coming, and very trite, and very. Um, I thought it was adorable. Derivative. I liked it as an ending. Oh my gosh! So, so the thing that the thing. The, something that would have made this movie probably 40% better straight off the bat is if they acknowledged that the protagonist of this film is Journey, the granddaughter, because that starts with the backstory of young inventor Jeronicus Jangle. And, and his first song is just like, life is so great right now. Like everything is great. Now, musically, in the structure of a musical, Almost every musical needs to start with what's called an I want song, which is basically where your protagonist sits down or like dances around and basically says, here's the world and this is what I want. Like I I need this thing. And so the thing is that it takes us around about 15 to 20 minutes to get to the I want song, which is Journey. And she basically sings the song that says, I want to be somewhere where my abilities and my desire to do cool stuff is taken seriously. She wants to be part of your world. Exactly. And so all... She wants to be every, where the people are. Everything, <laughs> yes, thank she you. Um, so all of... Everything that happened up until that point absolutely should have been taken care of by, like, the device with the animatronic, like, the, mm-hmm. the sort of animated things. Like, all the backstory of young Jeronicus Jangle should have been taken care of in, a, in that sort of device to get us to the point where the movie starts with the young girl singing that I want song. And that would have made the movie 40% better straight away. Forty percent. Yeah. Cool. All right. That would put it at one hundred and thirty percent on Ron Tomatoes. I mean, I could go thirty-five percent better, but forty. Jesus, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, All right. What's What's the next? Are we done? We keep talking um, about Jingle Well, Jangle? I just want to get a final. Like, I genuinely quite liked Jingle Jangle. Um, and don't let these two sour pusses, um, you know, stop you from checking it out. 
Yeah, mm. check it out and realize how wrong Richard is. <laughs> Just know for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Check out how wrong ninety three percent of critics are. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I Happily. always believe critics. I actually do genuinely. <laughs> Jerry, try to actually. <laughs> oh God. Um. All right. The next. I guess this is arbitrary now, isn't it? Well, there's two films left. Yeah, Holiday and Alien Xmas. Which one should we talk about? Well, with the worst one. Okay. Three. Let's talk about Alien Xmas because I don't want to finish on a short film. Holo- okay, fine. I guess Holiday is the next worst one, but it's also the one targeted at my demographic. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. Like yeah. it is it is the 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 um young adult demographic. Yeah, it's yeah. the millennial it's the millennial like you know, it's uh, people turning 30. Yeah. Yeah. So it stars Emma Roberts um and um an Australian man, Luke Bracey. Yeah. Luke Bracey and Luke it's Brassi. less a Christmas it's less a Christmas movie uh, and uh, apart from the fact that it starts and ends at Christmas but it it's about these essentially these Few, to, to be friends with benefits, meet up and decide to be each other's holiday, which is every holidays they will be each other's date to as a way of like negating people's questions. Kind about, of being a social lubricant. Yeah, yeah. At yeah. parties where they have to go um, and if they turn up alone, people are going to feel sorry for them or mm. ask them too many questions. Yeah. And this was an interesting movie because um, it started out and. I kind of had a gauge for what what rating it was, I guess, like what I would imagine its rating was. I had a gauge for what I was going to expect. Um, and very early in the scene, there's a, a scene where the main guy, a, a woman, uh, goes down on him, as the kids say, which it was filmed vague enough that it's like they're engaging sexually. We don't need to be specific. You could probably get away with that in an M-rated movie at a stretch, right? And then uh, two minutes later, when they break up, she says... You didn't care about that when I had your cum in my mouth. And I was like, wow, you said cum way too late in this movie. It's like maybe 20, 15, 20 minutes in. It's like we needed to know up top that like, <laughs> this that's is what's like, so oh. good about American Pie, right? It's like, yeah. oh, it's about blowjobs. We can talk about blowjobs in this movie. Um, and like so, up until this point, it was just a nice romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like this, this film doesn't need to be R-rated. Like you could I, do a perfectly th- serviceable thing. rom-com yeah. without them swearing so much and being so explicit. It feels like, like I guess it does in one in one one sense, like make it more kind of natural to the way that people actually speak. But at the same time, it's I mean I guess then that's part of the thing with the putting on Netflix. But I imagine if this was like actually made by a major film studio and got like a a wide distribution uh, in cinemas, it wouldn't have they would have toned down the script. You're, you're totally right and that's such an interesting observation that it's like it's netflix as a streaming service as a platform that allows for this movie to be as raunchy as it is and that all that being said it's actually not that raunchy there's no nudity from memory mm. and there's no there's no like you know there's sex but there's not sex scenes mm, yeah. um i did i thought this was a bad movie but there's a, another universe where i could have liked it well it's it's, like it's, it's, it's a serviceable movie it's like one hundred percent. Yeah, it's fine. It, it is actually really... the worst rated of the films we're talking about today. Really? Um, yeah, because it's crass. So... I reckon that's why. It's because it gets it gets put in a box. Yeah, it's forty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. One thing that I thought was uh, a massive problem with the narrative and like a decision they made that was like you don't understand what the story you're actually telling is is that it's one of the holidays which by the way i don't know if you need a date for every holiday is that a thing yeah for like saint patrick's day uh, uh, i I thought it was a fun setup and it was like yeah i I, I, while it's maybe not necessarily set but they 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 kind of do it in the movie so that it's like their first couple ones are like in chance encounters and then um by the time they get to like you know the kind of more minor ones it's like oh i need a date for easter it's more like oh, i i I'm, I'm starting to kind of like this guy you know yeah. like I, so, I, I i thought i thought that was like it's a cool framing device yeah no that's not my problem with it my problem with it was that it's i think it was on easter and the mum tries to set emma roberts up with their their hot doctor neighbor um and it becomes clear to the audience and clear to us and not, not even it's not even a twist you're just supposed to assume this already that they actually know the holiday setup and i was like what 
Surely the the whole point is that you keep it a secret yeah. and that they think you're dating. Yeah. Otherwise, it's nothing. Otherwise, it's literally... You're still getting the same questions. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that is a fundamental misunderstanding of, like, what this gimmick is. Like, it should be... They should be lying to but people. Can you can you imagine the writer's room in this one, though? Because they needed to introduce the doctor. So that's why. Right? They needed, and so they, they were like, "Oh, but why would why would the mother trying to be introducing?" The, but the thing is, that could be easily taken away. Like the mother could just not like mm. the Australian guy, and it, they, so they, she didn't need to know that it was just a fake holiday thing. Why would you tell anyone? That? Oh, that yeah, you. I didn't actually pick that up, but it's like, so weird. It's it'd be like if um, like liar liar, he wasn't a compulsive liar to begin with. Yeah, you know, like it's it's like taking the entire like reason for the the scenario they're in out of it <laughs> yeah um i saw this movie two weeks ago and do not remember much else about <laughs> um, it i do remember <laughs> that like like there's a weird mix of the um the leads have really good chemistry but also aren't neither of them are very strong actors and so there's a lot of awkward scenes where because you know acting is reacting um there's a lot of uh waiting to say your line kind of thing mm. um and That's so it's Netflix like while while you, they right? are a reasonably cute couple and when they're able to like bounce off each other very quick but when they're when they're actually like telling each other things they, they they're not listening they're waiting for the alarm <laughs> interesting yeah that's really yeah that, I, I, and what you said about chemistry i completely agree because i was i was quite charmed by this movie well, I, yeah, actually, I, think, I think actually probably what it is is that would have been shot out of sequence and um, so scenes where they actually had got the actors had gone to know each other and develop chemistry are sprinkled throughout the film rather than being the mm. characters getting gaining chemistry. Yeah. Here's here's why we all feel weird about our feelings towards this movie, right? It's because every other Netflix miss movie doesn't get you. This movie gets you, it's just bad also. Well it doesn't get me. Well, I get you, but it's, it's it gets you. It's it's like we can swear. We can uh, I also things, say you know? that I would say that Jingle Jangle got me. <laughs> but Jingle Jangle is, yeah, is still it so represents the, your life the, story. The, holiday is down to earth, and that's why yeah. we like it because we receive it. We're receptive. And that to it. the thing is that the where Holiday lost me, and what made me go oh, okay, fine, is is the ending in the mall where right. she like where she doesn't just run after him and just grab him. Oh, yeah. She has to get up on stage and do the whole like romantic comedy trope yeah, of embarrassing yeah. herself and like you know declaration of love in front of a huge group of people, which fundamentally betrays who each of them are as characters like neither of yeah. them would want it's, that um, kind yeah. of it's like something that Trainwreck does where the whole thing is like being, Trainwreck, a, yeah. being a subversive rom-com and then having the most generic rom-com ending um crazy stupid love does it as well but i fucking love crazy stupid love does it? yes that is a yeah, great when movie. he does the speech at the, at the assembly i don't remember crazy stupid love ending. yeah but so holiday it, it's I just enjoyed it because I actually just when when you say we're going to do you know we're going to be each other's date for all the holidays of the year you kind of go ah I get what's going to happen and mm. and and rather than Operation Christmas Drop you you've got these marker points of like oh now we're going to have the set piece of Easter now we're going to have the set piece of this now and so mm. you've got these things where things are going these moments where things are going to happen and they're identifiable moments and you can kind of feel how far you are through the film as yeah. well which is good mm. like I really enjoyed that and they managed. I think to get the beats of a relationship through the year nicely, and also Christian Chenoweth was amazing. <laughs> I yeah. absolutely love Christian Chenoweth, and she delivered. Hardcore yeah, she was pretty annoying. Movie. I thought. Um. <laughs> I think it's if like if Operation Christmas Drop is a person, it's the missionary kid from high school that I don't really want to talk to because right? he has no chat whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. If. Um, if Jingle Jangle's a person, it's the theatre kid that I'm like, you do you, man. Yeah, I'm not me. into this, but you do you. Um, and Princess Switch is like the the girl your age, but she makes muffins and posts on Instagram and into cottage core. And, and you cottage core. Yeah, <laughs> you've never heard that. Um, but you know immediately what I'm yes, referring absolutely. to. Like, yeah. So, so she, the, she puts a live laugh love poster on it. Precisely. Yeah. Um, Holiday is like. A person who's exactly like me, I just don't like them. <laughs> it's like I relate to you. Like I they're get too it. much like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what, it. Yeah, I like get ho- it. Holidays really like, like the you, girl but... you kind of have a crush on, but they're like. I the don't more know, you just, find out about but them, then she the sees the word "come" in front of you, and you're like, "Oh, it's <laughs> well, yeah, too like, much." Like, it is that kind of thing where it's like the more you get to know them, the more you're kind of like, actually, we probably while while you're you know, I find you are undeniably attractive. I don't think would be a good couple. 
Mm, that's it. That's it. <laughs> because one of us needs to care more. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can we talk about Alien Xmas in under seven minutes? That's oh my, the question. Oh my gosh. Can wow. we do it? Guys. I mean, it's a very short movie and there's not much to say about it. So, yes. Okay. I rated it the best one because it's so just whatever. It's like, it's, I didn't like any of these cute. movies. It's and fine. A- Alien Xmas was cute and fine. That's my take. Uh, well, what's it, it about? It was fun what's to watch. It it's about an alien race called Klepts. Yeah. Oh, it's because it's Kleptomania. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. gosh. <laughs> Guys, that was <laughs> a talking so point. AJ, what the heck? That was a talking point. I was like, what a weird word to make the name of your alien species. Wow. Um, and yeah, they, they love stealing. Uh, That's the whole thing. They lo- yeah, they love stealing, and one of them goes to Earth to start an invasion. Well, and they've lost their colour. Yeah, Over yeah. time, they've lost their colour because they just go and take, take, take from all other mm. countries in order to sustain themselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, world. So the the shortest one, whose name is X, goes to Earth, and lo and behold, the place he goes to on Earth is Christmas Town, a place that most humans don't believe exists, which I thought was an interesting dynamic that was not explored. Um, but how would it be at the North Pole? Yeah, yeah. So so the alien meets like elves and Santa, and not just regular humans. <laughs> um, and you know, its heart has changed, and it stops the incoming invasion. Um, Here is what I'll say: I appreciated the Rankin Bass. Uh, homage that this movie was right that the rudolph the red nose do you only know what rankin bass is because you said on the discord this morning that rankin bass isn't really a thing here and i was able (laughs) to put two and two together and be like oh rankin bass must be those right claymation shorts we don't really know like Right. Yeah. Yes. You know, no, I know. It's uncontrollable Christmas. Yes. From yes. Yes. Now I know exactly what you mean. Like it, they look wooden. Yeah, they look yeah. like wooden pieces. So, of, yeah. I appreciate all that, but uh, my God, are we spoiled for animation these days? Yeah. Especially animation and 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 chunks as well. Yeah. And like after Klaus, after Spider Verse, it's like. I need something a little more engaging than yeah. this to, to be like, it's so amazing. If the story was better, maybe I would have liked it more. Like, I, I, mean, this is I, just I watched a- this on a plane and um, I, on when you're on a plane, uh, you're a pressurized container and your your senses, your, your like emotional vulnerability is heightened. Did you cry? I didn't cry, but I was like, oh, it got me. And at the end off. when all the aliens um, regained their color, I was like, this is very sweet. And so I wasn't like, yeah. And, and it's like it is only forty five minutes. It's a perfect plane watch um, for the kinds of trips we're allowed to do now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like just I, I just I just felt nice watching it, and I was like, yeah, this is this is all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not I mean, jingle it just- jangle. Don't get me wrong. Good jingle jangle was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this is just so not for me that's the mm. thing about this movie it's just it's this is like the um veggie tales of christmas yeah, movie i'm like, pretty sure the girl was played by junior asparagus from veggie oh my god <laughs> she sounded exactly like it yeah so i mean like i was like um, this would be great to put on at like so at, at like a work christmas party where everyone brings their kids and you need to put them all in a room and make them watch so, something for a while this would work no and you put on klaus can... <laughs> well we did that last year no, so no, now no, we... no. the different demographics if we can transition now to to our overall conversation of Netflixmas. What we've seen year to year is is a attempt to represent every demographic, age, race, gender possible, well, right? Certain yeah. races and Yeah, but, but you know, there's ten this year, who knows? There's what ten races this year, Jeremy. This eleven actually. <laughs> um so this is their first foray into younger than class, right? This is their first preschool yeah. a- aimed yeah. feature. Yeah. Um, and I find that element of Netflixmas easily the most interesting element that it's yeah, each I, one is trying to cater to a different person. I agree. So that's and that's my take. I think like like talking to people of like constantly through the last year about how Klaus is the greatest Christmas movie ever made. Um, it's like mm. it actually it actually fucking might be. It's 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 only got a couple of things um that would be in the running against it. Um, but like you're yeah, realizing that. Like saying something is the best Christmas movie ever made actually isn't that big of a statement kind of thing because there are yeah. that many like the the, the Hallmark um like channel that in the states is like famous for they have like fifty sixty a year and it's like you know from what I understand they just fucking play these things all all year round generic white heterosexual couple um kind of ones and I I do like My favorite that, Christmas movie that we're getting um like these different things so even something like a uh, holiday it's like yeah cool like an r-rated rom-com like yeah, yeah i i like that they're kind of um 
Sat- saturating the market. Christmas uh, um, princess switch. Yeah, and, and so word, like, even even shit that- like a Christmas prince, it's like, yeah, fuck it, it's not for me. But I'm glad there's more Christmas movies. You know, mm. the fact that princess and Christmas are slightly similar words yes. is like the death of me. Hey, we <laughs> should make a movie for Netflix next year called Hetero White Christmas. Is that a good idea? Anyway, hey, thank you for listening, everybody, <laughs> to uh, part one of Netflixmas 2020 for Woo! this year. Um, I'm looking forward to the six films we got to watch yeah. next week, and I hope people are, are maybe watching along and enjoying them with us. I'm excited for Christmas Chronicles 2. I'm excited for Christmas Crosshairs. I think that sounds better than... Crossfire. The, the crossfire. Yeah. And also, sorry, Christmas Crossfire. Christmas Crossfire. I think that sounds better than the one, other ones. And I'm excited for people to comment that they enjoyed Jingle Jangle. Yeah, let's see how that happens. Dan from Hawaii, get in those comments. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, well, we'll see you later, everybody. Um, and see. You we'll next see you week. next Merry week Christmas. for the Muppets. Yeah, Merry November. <laughs> it's, it's, it's November. <laughs> Why are we doing this now? All right, and welcome, everybody, after a wonderful episode to the post-credits sequence. This is a sequence where myself and Richard, we go to the Patreon. Hello. We go to the Patreon. We ask all our Patreons who pay $5 or more if they would like to ask us a question for this, the post-credits sequence. It doesn't have to be a question. It can be a topic to talk about. Yeah, it could just be a statement. They could just tell us to shut up for- Yep. For once, I would love that. <laughs> we would still um, we would still set up a record and yeah yeah yeah. So today's post credit sequence comes to us from uh, Vincent Lara. Um, Hello, Vincent. He asks, "Hey, Vincent." He says, "Hey, guys, just wondering what was the first fandom you remember being a part of? Whether you had whether you just had a group of friends with the same interest or join old fashioned chat rooms like." Like I think he said, like I did for Pokemon. Um, oh, yeah. This is actually a, a fresh question. Vincent asked this a day before we recorded this. So um, if that gives you any kind of clue of how <laughs> close to the line we are of running out of post-credits <laughs> sequences. Yeah, you if you're listening to this and you haven't sent one in, please, please send it in. Yeah, but you oh, can only God, do it if you're God, $5 please. or more. Yeah. Um, so the first fandom I was a part of, Richard, this dates back to um, when I was uh, four years old. <laughs> okay. Um, I was really into Thomas the Tank Engine. Wow. Um, okay. And I had a couple of the like diecast toys that you could get. There were two types of toys they would sell. They'd sell the like real high quality metal diecast ones, and then the real shitty wooden ones. Yeah. And I remember my mum at the time was like sort of like executive producing the collection that I was creating. And she was like, you're only getting the die cast ones. You don't want to mix the two, you know, series together. Yeah. Um, and so I had like Thomas and Percy and Gordon and Henry, I think. Thomas and, and James. Friends. Yeah, Thomas and Friends. Um, And I have this one really cherished memory where I think my parents must have got a tax refund or something. And they took us, me and my brother, they took us out shopping and my brother, they bought him an action man. And then from memory, they bought me like 15 Thomas toys all in one go. (laughs) It was amazing. I remember we were just at Toy World and I don't know why, I don't know how much they cost, but they were just ready to just buy me a whole bunch. And I remember like looking at all the ones that I'd asked for and they just said, yes, 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 each time. And then I was looking at one other one. I was like, this one's cool. And mum being like, do you want me to get you that one as well? And she did. And so I had a whole bunch of these toys. I don't know what happened to them. We must have sold them or something. They weren't in their original packages or anything, but... um. My mum always hated video games as we grew up because as she saw it as soon as the PlayStation came into the household, um, I I stopped being interested in Thomas the Tank Engine, which my retort to that is like, well, I was probably going to stop being interested in Thomas the Tank Engine eventually. (laughs) Um, So, you know. Yeah.
Um, my answer, as far as fandoms go, um, like in terms of like what you would kind of consider like a modern fandom, uh, you know, like like getting fully like like you know you have with like the Doctor Who's and the Supernaturals and and of course. things like that. Yeah. Um, I'd say like my kind of closest experience to that. There's a couple of things. Um, one would I was spoken about them before on the podcast, but like Yellow Card, the the band, and that like that would be I would go on absolutepunk.net and I would like there's yeah, all yeah. these forums of like um every single b-side every like cover they've performed live there's like shitty so like i had like literally every song that ever recorded on my like 80 gig ipod classic um because i would like you know troll these message boards um for everything like that not any like side projects things like that um but the other one and i know this i share this with you as well is that um is lost and that was like one of the big things lostpedia back in the day it would be like every time a new episode would come out um lostpedia would be updated with like what questions this episode asks and what ones it answers yeah, and so yeah, it's yeah. like things left unanswered by this episode and and they were the most fucking minuscule things and i think <laughs> like since since then if you go back on lostpedia they've, they've culled a lot of it but it'll be a lot like yeah it'll be it'll be the craziest things like ones that are just like i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They don't require an answer. It's just a character making a decision. And it'd be like, yeah, why yeah. did they make that decision? It's like, because it's, it's motivated by the character. But it was it was so much fun to read those. And then- Oh, man. And, and I mean, like, I'm, I'm 100% satisfied with the ending of Lost. But the idea of, like, going through the, um, like, Lostpedia, and essentially, because it was written in, in a way, like, these are the questions that this episode leaves open that need to Owes be us to answer. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that like yeah needs to be answered before the finale. And so many of them are like, yeah, it's just how storytelling works. Like you don't get an answer mm. to everything, but yeah, Lost is definitely and and I miss the I miss that kind of thing as well. Like that Lost is is the last TV show that you know I'll consume like that. Yeah, there, there's a there's a Lost um, culture to like i knew it as the ign message boards yeah um i would i started on jack and daxter ign message boards Mm -hmm. um and was very obsessive on there um and then yeah i graduated over to the lost ign message boards i don't think i did any others but like oh my god and during like the off seasons when no new content's out and it's like people are like who would win in a fight between these two characters and it's like this is not interesting yeah discourse. Well, well with now like how uh, other than like a few key shows like something like the mandalorian that like tv shows are bingeable now and so there isn't that community of like getting mm. information at the same time um yeah and there is there are subreddits but subreddits i don't like because in the same way that i like old message boards because um like i don't subscribe to the subreddits of of shows that i watch because of spoilers like yeah they that's kind of the wild west out there. They they try to market, but like if you're a couple of weeks behind and someone posts a meme that reveals a character died, it's like, well, I guess there goes that. I usually mute them uh, while mm. while there's a season actually airing. Yeah, um, true. That's a good idea. Because yeah, I mean, like it's it's cool to get updates and see trailers and announcements about new seasons upcoming. But yeah, like because because often like like i'm doing right now with fargo i haven't watched any of the new season because i'm waiting mm. for it to all be out and they can just watch the whole thing but i've I've muted the the fargo tv subreddit nice well i hope that answered your question vincent um this is a very fun conversation actually i'd be it is maybe Matt, we could do a full podcast on it sometimes we do a post-credit scene and i'm like this could be a full episode. I'm like, this is better than the episode <laughs>